it, it made so much sense to me mm-hmm. that it, especially when it starts throwing out that highlight basket and it's like this is fun and it's like and you just get a you get a a thrill out of throwing with the fling stick as it is now is like Yeah, it's, it's it's it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy, <laughs> to be honest, because it's like everybody's so supportive of each other and just like yeah, we're doing this together and and. That- welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of the Future of the Fairway podcast. I'm your host Adam Copeland, and I'm so glad you've turned in for this uh, inaugural episode. Future of the Fairway podcast seeks to be the premier podcast for the fling golf community, and so far, it's the only one I know of, so we're starting on the right foot, I think. I'm going to be releasing an episode per week of conversations I've recorded with some of the top players in our sport today, including upcoming episodes with Ken Pitlick, Brooks Medford, and Austin Showtime Eversoul, among many others. I've also spoken with the leaders of New Swarm, a company that makes and distributes our beloved fling sticks. So be sure to check back here each Tuesday for the week for the week's newest episodes. Here at FOTFpod.com, that's FOTFPOD.com, or find us on your favorite podcast app, including Anchor.fm and Spotify. So, before we get started, a little bit about me. I've been playing fling golf since 2021, along with my family, my wife Kathy, and my kids Latham and Gwendolyn. We live in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia, and have liberated a few courses uh, in Indiana, Alabama, Texas, and North Carolina. By day, I work in international higher education, uh, working for a company that partners with U.S., U.K., and Australia uh, universities to help recruit international students to their campuses. But in the spare time I make, I love to be on the golf course with my family and our fling sticks. I competed in the 2022 New Swarm Classic in both events, finishing 9th in the longest fling and 20th in the New Swarm Open. My son Lathan was also the youngest competitor in the longest fling shot. It was from that experience, getting to meet so many of the folks in this community face-to-face for the first time, that I thought it would be fun to reconnect via podcast, especially for those who weren't able to make it in person. So, today I'm really excited to welcome the fling father himself, Alex Van Allen creator of Fling Golf, founder and CEO of New Swarm, and all-around fantastic guy. Alex and I recorded this conversation in July, prior to the airing on ESPN2 of the New Swarm Classic, uh, which uh, aired in the past few days. We do uh, spend some time talking about the origins of the sport, how uh, and what it was like creating a new company and a sport from scratch, some of the milestones he and New Swarm uh, have reached along the way, and how awesome the Fling Golf community is. If you've ever interacted with Alex, you know what a genuine and engaging person he is. I think that comes through in today's episode. So, without further ado, here we go. So, Alex, thanks for joining me. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, to talk about this. Really excited to um, uh, talk to you and find out um, more and give the listeners a chance to hear uh, about the origins of Fling Golf, um, what's been happening since uh, this great idea came to you, and uh, what what things look like for the future of the fairway. So welcome uh, to the Future of the Fairway podcast, and uh, really glad to have you here. All right. Well, it's great to be with you, Adam. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so um, let's see. I've From what I've gathered, um, there was something around 2012 that kind of was some of the, the first steps towards, uh, towards what we know, uh, as fling golf now. Yeah. Uh, uh, but 
can you uh, elaborate on um, uh, how where the idea germinated uh, and what got you to where we are now? Yeah, yeah. No, I think the uh, if you go back even a little further, um, back into my high school days, I mean, the real origins in a way for the yeah, concept yeah. was, you know, I played a little lacrosse in high school and um, and I really loved it. Uh, I loved it more than it loved me probably actually, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. And I also grew up playing golf and, um, you know, my brothers and I and some neighbors and friends, um, and we lived out on a farm in, in Chester County, Pennsylvania, <clears throat> and we'd, you know, get home from school or whatever. And we'd play, you know, we call it sort of lacrosse golf and, okay. and take a, a golf ball with a lacrosse mm-hmm. stick and just go, you know, around the property, across the pond, hitting trees, mm-hmm. and there's counting mm-hmm. strokes. So really simple, just a fun thing to do, you know just tooling around <laughs> and then uh nothing more on that you know for another, mm-hmm. 30 years <laughs> and then uh <laughs> and then i just you know sort of woke up one morning thinking about it and um and thinking about how it'd be fun to sort of see how far you could throw a golf ball um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just started you know prototyping some stuff i mean just really picking toys you know that dog uh, what's it called? The chuck it. Yeah. The t- yeah. Yeah. Sort of that. And then taking pieces of that and putting other pieces of things on it. And, you know, just really sort of a lot of duct tape and, and <laughs> stuff to like make something work and see if I could get any, any sort of fun, you know, any distance, any fun out of it. And, uh, you know, I guess went for a few months doing that. Um, and you know, obviously I'm working on, this is not my job at this point. Um, and I'm having fun with my kids. I had two boys, I had two boys and they were, uh, gosh, six and eight or something at that point. Um, and then, uh, one of the biggest moments really, uh, first of all, I sort of set my holy grail. I started realizing, okay, maybe this is, this could be something you could play on a golf course, set my holy grail for, you know, if I want to do something on the golf course, I got to be able to throw the ball at least 200 yards. Right. Cause you got to sort of compare it to golf something in some way or another and uh i picked up an ebay or uh, a uh, highlight basket off of ebay and are you familiar with highlight uh yes uh very recently but okay. I, I heard that um yeah it's, that, this, it's that a game they play it's i guess it originated over in the basque country over near spain okay. and then mm-hmm. they play it in miami and actually they played it in connecticut for a while it sort of became this betting mm-hmm. game but you it's basically a, you think of like racquetball with three uh-huh. sides and instead of hitting a ball, the ball goes into this, it's called a cesta and you throw the ball against the wall and you throw it really fast. Um, okay. And then it bounces back. The other guy has to catch it, throw it back, et cetera, et cetera, on and uh-huh. on. Um, but I started throwing golf balls out of this highlight basket and <laughs> it was the first time that it wasn't just throwing a ball sort of straight, plopping down the middle, you know, 50 mm-hmm. yards, away, mm-hmm. 50 yards away it really had some spin to it and you could really shape your shots a little bit oh, wow. and distance. Cause the highlight basket is made for throwing something as hard as you can, as, as fast mm-hmm. as you can. Um, so I was getting like out of this big clunky Sesta 90 yards and shaping the shots the same way. So oh, I was like, wow. okay, well there's a moment there where now if I can start taking that shape and that form, boiling it down, you know, putting a shaft on it, and boiling it down to something, yeah, I have to get my 200 yards that I'm that I'm really looking mm-hmm. for, and be able to control the shot. Um, that was sort of 
a big moment of pushing over the next year of prototyping. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and boy, I went to, you know, first off, let me just to, to all your listeners out there. I knew nothing about starting anything. I knew nothing about starting <laughs> business. I knew nothing about building a product. I mean, Zippo, I went down, I would sneak down to uh, the enterprise center at Salem state university that had free classes on sort of entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. and I would just like pop down there for an hour and, you know, once a week just to learn a little more about how do you even start a company? How do you start a business? How do you start? Yeah. Um, what were you doing at the time? I was doing real estate, um, okay. which, was, which was, I was doing real estate and I was a executive director for a um, recreational uh, sort of a outdoor program as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, real estate was, it was really slow market at that point too. So it gave me a little bit of time mm -hmm. to find something <laughs> else to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so then I went and I took it to a, found a product developer, just a friend of a friend told me about this guy who you know helped develop products and they really did more medical products. Okay. Um, but I took this idea to them and they were like so excited because they're like, this is so much more fun than creating a new <laughs> catheter or something. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so they were way into it, which is something I got to say has helped me along the way big time is that. Uh, you know, we were creating something fun and something interesting right, and something right. new, you know, so a lot of people just sort of jump in. They're like, oh, that's so cool. And, you mm -hmm. know, you're kind of crazy for doing this, so I'll help you out. And, and uh, um, But that was also the moment where I was like, I wrote my first big check. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, after a few weeks with this product developer, it was like, okay, well, now's the time to write an $11,000 check. <laughs> and I was like, I wrote that and I was like, holy crap, I'm in on this now. You know, that was a big, big nut for me to, yeah. to write that check and, and for something that was, you know, completely insane and unproven, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, no evidence that it was going to work. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> it's a big risk. <laughs> I just got thrown out of a highlight basket because this is a really cool, fun thing to do. And that's, yeah. that was it, so. So yes, I wrote that check and, and then I knew I was, I was like getting deeper and uh, uh -huh. it wasn't just fun anymore. Um, and so anyway, we, you know, just sort of, you know, make it a little shorter story. We just took it through the product developer and, you know, a lot of prototyping, a lot of back and forth, a lot of trial and error, you know, it's February, I remember February day is like nine degrees outside and I'm throwing balls on an old soccer field, you know, trying to get more distance. And, mm -hmm. uh, but just trying to keep the process going and going and going. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, got through that, you know, to a certain point, got the 200 yards with a product developer. And then it was a matter of taking to an industrial designer to really, <laughs> how do you get the, all these pieces that the product developer put together and create a product and something yeah. that be sort of mass produced. And that's a whole other process. And what so year is this that that's happening? So, sorry. What year um, are, are we? So, in? yeah, we're into 2013 by then. Okay. Um, in the early 2013, I think, uh, by that point. Um, and uh, that was a cool process, too, because they came up with all kinds of different designs, the way it could look. Mm -hmm. um, so I had, sort of had to make some choices on that. But we knew that it could work, you know, and it was just refining. It was re a lot mm -hmm. of refining. And um, at that point, so that's you know, nine years ago now, that was when 3D printing was really just sort of coming into fashion. So yeah. I was lucky 
in that sense that it, it was expensive at that point. It's a lot cheaper now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to 3D print stuff and test it out. So, yeah. yeah, so we're we're recording in July, uh, looking to air this in August. But you had had a recent post of your son uh, uh, on on the course, and I, you mentioned I, I, you thought that that may have been one of the three D uh, printed heads that he was using. Yeah, yeah, because that point it may or may not. I think you know because the next step after the three D printing and everything is to create a mold, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and creating a mold is a really expensive thing to do. Right. Um, <laughs> so it just gets more and more expensive as this goes on. Right? Well, no Have some successes, like it just requires more of you. My <laughs> son and more, more a couple of friends and I are the only players in the world at this point. Right? So, <laughs> so, so we got it to a mold, and that's another five, six month process at that point. Uh-huh. That point. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of these steps that, again, I started off with zero clue how to do anything. Well, and um, at what point did you think, all right, I. I, I need to take that jump and uh, get some space. Get it, was it a booth? Did you get um, just entry into the uh, PGA Expo? Um, yeah. So the first, actually, the first sort of real um, intro was to introduce it to the National Golf Course Owners Association because I okay. really realized they were the they needed to be educated on it, and and I also saw them as my first customers. Right? They mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. were really struggling. So. Um, and I'd really studied a lot of what Jake Burton Carpenter did with Burton snowboards. Um, you know, oh, okay, in the seventies yeah. and eighties, he introduced this whole new sport, a variation of skiing onto ski mm-hmm. mountains. You know, the struggles he went through and the steps he took. Um, so I decided my first step was going to be educate the the golf course owners. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, this this makes sense, and it made total sense for them. Right? It's it's a they had no younger players They're, yeah. you know, they needed more players desperately. They're closing 200, 200, 300 courses a year were closing. Um, so I got a lot of good reception from them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that inspired me to go further and further. Cool. Um, and then about six months later, went to the PGA show. So that's early 2015. Okay. Um, meanwhile, Steve had come on mm-hmm. uh, and it really built out the first blingoff.com first website. Um, solo i mean you know he's a tech guy i'm not a tech guy and mm-hmm. and really did that um and we flipped that switch in june of 2014 um and then got to the pj show uh january 2015 and that went you know really well also um again the interest is there because they're sort they of flounder, looking for what are we going to do there are no young people on the golf course and mm-hmm. Um, they're losing families. They're losing young people. Um, so we were sort of hitting it at the right time. And uh, and that got us a good boost to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, then yeah, you made some connections that yeah, uh, yeah, we I think with a few few of the golf courses or, or resorts. Yep. Yep. We made exactly. Well, Mass and Nutton Resort uh, picked mm-hmm. it up almost immediately. And they were just, they've been our great sort of shining light um, as far as success. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it really is the difference between them and other, you know, courses that might've picked it up is the, the marketing and you sort of realize golf courses, there's they actually have come to understand they're notoriously not good marketers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the bigger companies now are, they really understand it. They have to be. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, we, we got some good success. Massinet was great success. Um, Brett Malbury, the PGA pro there really just crushed it. And he just had a, he just had the right attitude and it was really yeah. an attitude. Like it's going to be fun. We're going to get families. We're not going to be stuffy. We're just going to make it a fun thing to do. It's going to be cheaper than golf to start mm -hmm. off. It's going to be, you know, we're it's a great choice. <laughs> good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they're just killing it. They've been killing it for mm -hmm. years. And, mm -hmm. and uh, and other courses, some other courses have done well with it, mm -hmm. and um, others have they're, honestly they've been sitting and getting dusty in the corner because they don't know how to promote it. And, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and then that really led into our sort of change of course in a way. It's like, okay, well, the okay. golf courses know a lot about it now, you know, in general, just through we've, like, we've been email blasting them, mm -hmm. they've mm -hmm. seen the PGA show a bunch of times, all this. And we really realized, like, we have to do the work to get the players. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had gone on, you know, any entrepreneur has naive times. And I, my naive time was like, the golf courses are just going to do all the work for me, right? Because they're just going right. to, okay. you know, it makes so much sense for them to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. If they were all Brett Malbury and Mass and Nutton, I wouldn't have had to work anymore. I <laughs> but it really wasn't. And, um, and so uh, we decided, and, and, Within the next few years, John, you know, John Prulich came on also, and um, and we really knew, knew that we needed to focus on getting the players, and that meant building the sport, and mm -hmm. uh, it was a, big, a big undertaking. That's not mm -hmm. an easy thing. Um, but then we got, I guess, the next big step for us was we got a call from Shark Tank um, asking wow. us to asking us if we wanted to apply, not saying you're going to be on. Right, right. But if you want to apply, and then there's still an enormous amount of work to do. And, and mm -hmm. it's like taking on another job to get on Shark Tank. Sure. Well, I, and so they reached out to you. What was their uh, connection point? They, the casting director's boyfriend, had seen it being played at a course in California. Wow. And then she just did some Googling around and found us. and. <laughs> She gave me a call one day. I was like, or she sent an email, and I was like, oh, this, you know, I almost didn't open it because I thought it was spam. Fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You want to be on Shark Tank? Yeah, right. Whatever. Right. <laughs> I wonder how many I've missed any of the opportunities I've missed. Yeah, I don't use yeah. it. like that, but I did. And she legit, you know, LinkedIn checked her out, and she uh -huh, was real. Uh -huh. um, and that was a great, obviously, great mm -hmm. experience. And that for us, really turned the tides. Um, you know, we were already going that way anyway with the, with the players mm -hmm. um, and really growing the, the community, but the uh, Shark Tank really just made that a big, mm -hmm. uh, it pushed that forward, you know, fast, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which, which was exactly what we needed at that time, a real boost in the arm. Yeah. yeah and if I, so I think if I remember right, it was one of the guest sharks who, who said yes. Uh, yeah. So, Daniel Lubetsky was the um, was the uh, he's the founder of Kind Bars, you know, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. nut and candy bars that you can see. They're you know they're healthy supposedly for you and, mm -hmm. and all that. He's done phenomenally well, and um, he's a great guy. Um, so on the show, we got a deal with him. Um, this is a little bit tricky part of Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Is that actually the sh <laughs> the Deals you see, shake hands on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, don't always uh, don't always close. In fact, most of them don't close. Interesting. It's actually okay. it's sort of the beginning of due diligence. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we went back and forth with each other. And he's a fantastic guy and helped us a lot. And but we also both got to the point where and maybe we're not the right partners for each other. Um, and and we still keep in contact with him, and, and he's very helpful. Mm-hmm. We're all very uh, you know, friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But didn't actually close the deal. Interesting. Well, but it, it still was definitely a, a, a boon. Uh, just that, that yeah, no, I'm just being the appearance. Mm-hmm. The appearance itself was the, was phenomenal, and mm-hmm. you know they re-aired every once in a while, and, mm-hmm. and uh, we get a little boost here and there. But the, that really changed, uh, put us on the map more than mm-hmm. we had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. The Future of the Fairway podcast is brought to you by the Virginia Fling Golf Open, hosted in Harrisonburg, Virginia, October 21st through 23rd. One weekend, two courses, singles play, team play, skills challenge. If you participated in the New Swarm Classic, you know how much fun it is to be around this community of fling golfers and compete against each other. If you didn't get the chance to make it to Lewis, Delaware, this is a great opportunity to test your skills and game against the top fling golfers, this time in Virginia. Registration is just around the corner for this October event. Go to flingvalley.squarespace.com to find out more information. That's flingvalley.squarespace.com to find out more information and add yourself to the mailing list for the Virginia Fling Golf Open. And now back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. You, uh, the Shark Tank episode airs near the end of May of 2021. Um, yes. I think because we, uh, my family and I actually went to Bryce Resort first, uh, right? I think it was May 2nd. And then we, um, yeah. Mother's Day was the next weekend and uh, we were looking to do something outside. And uh, I was like, are you okay if we go play fling golf? Uh, looks like Massa Nutton has it as well on Mother's Day. Kathy's like, yeah, this would be great. Um, so <laughs> we did and uh, uh, haven't looked back. I um, told somebody, I was like, I, I think that probably the greatest self-control I had was like, let's, let's rent for a, a, a month or so before we actually go and purchase our sticks just to make sure that we're, we're really yeah. uh, intrigued by this. And so our kid, you know, we had never been to any golf courses. Um, she hadn't. Is that played. right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. none of the golf, we, we've lived in the area uh, here in the Shenandoah Valley for 13 years this year. And um, no, I mean, there's a, uh, there's a city course that's, um, I found out to be a really good course. Um, it's perfect for fling golf, uh, I think. Yeah. But um, but no, that, that wasn't part of what we did. Um, and and now like we're trying out every course we can get to. So like we're I think we're a really good example of the additional revenue streams and interest that uh, courses can uh, can really take. That you know, and I think Massimont is a good example, partly because they've they've got a um, sort of a captive audience. You know, you come there to that resort. Um, yeah. But I uh, you know fast forwarding a little bit to the um, to the tournament this past May, um, I think that there were five, six, seven guys um, who I met with who had discovered fling golf at Massanutten. Um, yeah, and that was kind of now, like the, has been one of our place one of our key sort of incubators, I guess. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, they're so good at it. They're so good mm-hmm. at presenting it well and making friendly, making fun, and and getting people past that first. You know, what we found is people don't want to look like a fool. That's yeah, the, that's yeah. The, and and it's like now just we'll show you how to do those first few throws and, mm-hmm. and you'll learn how to do it and then you're on your you know on your way. Mm-hmm. So 
that's a, that's a key thing they do there. They're really good about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So that airs May of 21. Uh, the, um, I think one of the other things that I just, I must have been after that was the, um, the Facebook players club, uh, group. And I don't know if that was through, uh, through the website, um, freemoff.com or elsewhere, but, um, I, I remember joining that sometime in that time period and, um, being like, oh, this is fantastic. There's a whole community of people who, um, uh, yeah. who were involved, but that I know in the past 12 months, that's shown a lot of growth uh, as well. But when, when did that, when did the Facebook group, um, start and, and that community start to get going? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually. It's, um, so it was pretty sure it was before, before Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it hasn't been that long. Um, okay. you know, I'd say I'm just going to guess maybe a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's a real, you know, our community is obviously bigger than, right. bigger than that, but that's a real active part of our community. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's a great sort of forum for people to ask questions, uh, you know, meet each other, uh, you know, online, mm -hmm. so to speak, mm -hmm. and talk about where they want to play and where they are playing and what courses are good and what courses are accepting and, and just show off shots and techniques and things like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. it's really does serve as a really good um, forum for you know the, that at least that element of the community to, mm -hmm. to get together and play and and, uh, and it's you know i love it because it's just so friendly it's absolutely like, yeah it's, it's it's it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy, <laughs> to be honest, because it's like everybody's so supportive of each other and just like yeah we're doing this together and and, that, and you know that's the way i feel about this mm -hmm. sport i feel like i kicked it off mm -hmm. um you know, working my tail off, of course, and John and Steve mm -hmm. we're all mm -hmm. working their tails off. But at the same time, it's like we're three guys, and it's the community that's really creating this sport. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we speak, it's it's becoming its own thing. It's not, you know, I had I, I had certain ideas when I kicked it off of where it was going to go, but they're different than the way it went. Mm -hmm. And and uh, um, and there's so many. I guess one one thing we've had a hard time. I'm sorry transgressing here a little bit one time we had a hard time wrapping our heads around is like you know from a marketing perspective it's like well do we focus on this mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. do we focus on 20 to 24 year old fraternity brothers right you know right. or whatever yeah you know or the lacrosse players or the snowboarders or the skateboarders or whatever the, our community is so broad yeah i mean it's really broad <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like it's, it's we don't know how to market almost to, to it because it's like everybody. It's it, like, it it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, and you see a lot of that in the players group, but then you see a lot mm -hmm. of it through our Instagram community as well. Mm -hmm. kind of like trends a little bit younger and more, you know, more teenagers. And, and mm -hmm. uh, um, but it's a really broad community. And that's sort of what our, that's sort of what we're running with because it's like, yeah, it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, we have, it, it literally it's for really good golfers too we have tons yeah. of our, our customers are actually really good golfers and they stick one in their bag mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unlike snowboarding and skiing you can actually play fling golf and golf in the same round on the same hole yeah you know you can i've done it before i've taken my driver out and then i've used a fling stick and you know it's like however you get to the you know, get to the green yeah. yeah 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 so it's sort of uh it's sort of fun to see that that it's just mm -hmm. that widespread um, and, uh, that combined with the fact that golf courses, really the majority of golf courses are like, sure. Mm -hmm. I think you had this experience. Yep. 
you show it to them or just show up and play yeah. and they're like that makes sense why wouldn't i let you play why yeah, wouldn't i take yeah. you 30 bucks an hour or whatever so it's uh it's pretty easy that way it is i mean i think that the the first concern uh that I've, if there's been a concern it's like well what kind of damage you got to do my response is always right. look if you rent clubs to me, you're going to need to worry about the other players. <laughs> if there's any houses along the uh, the golf course, like that's the concern. Like, uh, or you know, talking about slowing down play, uh, me with some regular clubs is going to do that. Um, whereas with yeah. this, you know, I'm going to get through faster, uh, mm-hmm. going to be much more accurate, um, and uh, and you know, happy to uh, to, sh- uh, to share it, show it off with uh, with other folks, um, which is you know, again, yeah. just um, to see to see different people come through and uh, play the play the same game with different uh, different tools, um, I think that's a, a pretty cool pretty cool thing. I wanted yeah, yeah. to make a comment about the community too. I think one of the um, uh, for me earlier in, uh, in this year when the um, the first rumblings of the tournament was announced, um, one it was incredibly exciting. It was like yeah, you know, go and you know see how you measure up. It's one thing to look at different scorecards uh, on uh, on the group to see how okay. folks are doing, to, and then compared to what I was doing, so well, I wonder if there's any difference in the types of courses people are playing. Uh, so that was that was intriguing. But uh, then to um to you know to venture in and, and wonder, all right, so this is a really welcoming online community. Which is unique in some ways, right? Not all, not all online communities have a reputation of always being uh, welcoming, and, and um, I think compared to some of the stereotypes of golf and golf courses, which are, you know, whether the impression is that they're stodgy or unchanging, or you know, unless you're really good, it's, you're just going to feel out of place. Um, right. There's definitely that that sense of like we're all trying something new. And then to actually get to um, uh, to Lewis, Delaware. Uh, and, and meet people face to face who you've been interacting with for months or uh, a year or so uh, was overwhelming in a way that I was like, yeah, people, these are actually really nice people in person as well. It's not it's not just yeah. a, um, uh, an online facade. Yeah, no, I thought that was for me that was fantastic that, that everybody just really got along, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, it, as well as on. The online community they're like they got along so uh so well and, and, and a lot of people from very different backgrounds and different mm-hmm. areas and everything um that they got along and just i'm mean, not more than got along yeah yeah they're no, like I you see it now real, real connecting and playing with each other different parts of the country and uh-huh. it's so fun mm-hmm. and it, it does it does feel like it's wide open that they could you know go in so many different uh different directions different opportunities uh you know it's cool to see um, a couple of, uh, different guys who are getting sponsored, uh, by some, yeah. <laughs> uh, golf related, uh, companies, which is really, uh, really exciting. Uh, I think that we're all really excited to see what happens after, uh, the tournament, uh, gets aired on ESPN, which when this podcast is airing will likely have happened. So, um, you know, I don't yeah. know if we can speak anything into, into happening, but it, it, there's definitely an anticipated wave of, uh, of interest and, uh, hopefully, um, additional things uh coming coming our way yeah we think this is a i mean obviously to get on espn right it's just an incredible opportunity um and we are um we're hoping it's just the beginning Mm -hmm. honestly we're very excited about uh this airing and the the, capturing the tournament that was just just all positive energy Mm -hmm. and 
And I do want to say something about that because a, a lot of that, a lot of that energy, we, I feel so fortunate that American classic mm. golf club and mm -hmm. Austin ever saw in particular leading that charge and, and the Morrison family were phenomenal at just going all in. I mean, they left nothing, nothing out, nothing mm -hmm. out there. They went all in on making sure that was run the right way and in such a positive way. And, uh, I'm not sure. I can't imagine it being anywhere else mm -hmm. uh, for the, for our first big national tournament, right. because it just, it was so good. It, it, it um, really was. Um, it laid the, laid the foundation for future tournaments, I think, mm -hmm. on how to run them and, and uh, things like that. So, um, I, I, I agree. I, I was really impressed with, uh, with that community there. Uh, it seemed like whether it was the volunteers or, uh, the staff, um, or, I got to play with um, one of the guys who's local there and um, just talking about, you know, somebody who comes and plays uh, fling golf there. And it, it just seems like there's a really tight knit uh, community. And uh, it's really cool that it's relatively close. Uh, it's by the beach. Like I, I could very much see uh, yeah. our family going back uh, to hang out at the beach, but yeah. we'll, you know, we would definitely take our fling sticks and find a way to get a, a few rounds in um, there. They, there's really a top notch yeah. uh run golf club of course yeah yeah no definitely yeah. um so you know it, it, it's definitely come a long way i mean I, I i don't know what you were thinking that um that little idea could turn into i don't know if you ever thought that getting on a, a show like shark tank or um <laughs> creating a sport that's going to show up on espn was anywhere and um in your first second or fifth business case that was uh, getting put together but uh that, you know, honestly, I, I did. I, I, when I, when I jumped in, mm -hmm. you know, started like getting beyond the just sort of initial toy type mm -hmm. prototyping and stuff. It, it made so much sense to me mm -hmm. that it, it, especially when I start throwing out that highlight basket and it's just like, this is fun. And it's like, and you just get a, you get a, a thrill out of throwing with the flink stick as it is now mm -hmm. is like, it's actually, a, there's a, I've heard so many people like, oh, it's just like, you know, whatever, just throwing the ball a little bit down the middle of the fairways. Like, and then they try it, and then there's a lot of holy shit. There is. <laughs> you know, that's what it's like, whoa, that thing fires out mm -hmm. of there. And so all the pieces were in place. You know, the golf courses were looking for people to play. Mm -hmm. The that, that sort of the fling stick worked. Mm -hmm. um, and I really did. And I mean, I, I think the Olympics is in the in the works at some That's point awesome. i really do i don't i don't see why mm -hmm. not and it goes a little bit back to um you know jake carpenter's vision in, in burton not that he necessarily had the olympic vision mm -hmm. but it was i saw what could happen mm -hmm. you know in, in what happened with snowboarding and you know snowboarding got i think to like 40 percent of the lift tickets sold wow. um during its height 40 percent you know snowboarding 60 percent mm -hmm. of skiing so that made a big difference and that brought a whole new generation, a whole new vibe, a whole did. new feel to ski resorts. It was, uh, ski resorts were actually considered a little bit stuffy and, and sort of old school mm -hmm. and, and uh, before that. And now it's funny, it's now reversed where skiers are taking after snowboarders, or the, the snowboarders, and now most now more kids are skiing than snowboarding. <laughs> Their parents snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. How that's, uh -huh. I'll be dead by the time that happens. But, but, uh, <laughs> but it's kind of an interesting, you know, in this snowboarding really developed a lot of the 
not only techniques, but um, actual engineering of the, the, the skis have now become almost like mm -hmm. two snowboards in a sense, the parabola, you know, whatever yeah, the yeah. was called, but um, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that there's definitely some, uh, I don't know if it would go in reverse like that with, uh, with Flingoff, but I know um, that Latham's looked at, uh, you know, when we're out there at a driving range or on the course and there's some first tee participants with uh, with clubs, he's like, oh, they, they can hit that farther than I can fling it right now. And I, you know, am not going to hold him back from uh, wanting to uh, take uh, traditional golf lessons uh, for that. Um, but I think that, you know, he's he's probably going to default to uh, the fling stick uh, as well. But it, it, it just, I think it, it yeah. sits along uh, so nicely um, in yeah, and you can do both. Yeah, it, it, it's not exclusionary. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to pick one or the other. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I, I personally, fling golf is definitely more fun <laughs> and more enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I played golf. I grew up playing golf, and I still, you know, I go out and play every once in a uh -huh. while just to take the sticks like this for fun. But I'm always like, oh, I'm just so glad to go back to the fling stick and just carrying that one eight ounce stick around uh -huh. the course instead uh -huh. of a whole. Stick clubs and the bag and all that yeah. it's to me it's just a lot more enjoyable to be out there mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, you pretty stressed for it yeah yeah you, you mentioned the olympics um uh as one of the um uh places going forward that you would like to see this land um any other any other thoughts or goals or, or hopes of what uh, uh what's going to happen uh in the next I don't know, three to five years um, yeah, I mean, I just think, listen, just a lot more play, um, and a lot more players, a lot more tournaments. Um, you know, we really have decided that that's where we need to go. We need to be, you know, organizing tournaments, helping people organize tournaments, like coming up in Virginia. Yeah. And, um, and that needs to be a real focus of ours because that's, it, it's not only, um, gets people out having fun, um, but it shows a certain amount of credibility too. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's a, a real sport, real rules, uh, champions, you know, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. that, all that good stuff, and real professional players. Um, and I think the money's going to follow into mm -hmm. that as well. Um, it just makes sense that it would. It right? does. Yeah. Uh, you got these, if you start getting, you know, on ESPN and stuff like that, you start <laughs> getting sponsors and you start, mm -hmm. you know, players get the sponsors, the, the tournament gets the sponsors, mm -hmm. the, you know, and obviously there's a great model with golf and charitable mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. parts of these tournaments as well. So I think that's a good, a good, you know, way to go. We've had, you know, we've done a fair amount of work with veterans mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, disabled vets, but, but not just physically disabled. Mm -hmm. um, so what do they call invisible scars, PTSD? Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of these guys, just getting out on a golf course is a, you know, is a real sort of step, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. getting out away from their, their, their issues they're going through, um, with friends and with other vets or with other mm -hmm. people. And, you know, they may not, you know, it takes a lot to learn how to play golf. Yeah. Um, so, so this gets them out there quickly, um, you know, and they're able to, able to get it right away. Um, so we feel, you know, that's certainly one of our favorite angles of, of this whole thing is that it's, it's helping the veteran community. Mm -hmm. um, well, and we, we want to grow that 
Um, and I see that I see that happening through more tournaments, more mm-hmm. events, uh, more awareness as well. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and yeah, and that ties into the sort of the you know, disabled or the adaptive mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. as well. We've got a fair amount of wheelchair users using it and, um, and amputees using it um, where they might not otherwise be able to play golf. Mm-hmm. Um, so more, it's a lot harder to hit a ball, um, to make right. that contact with a ball. You have to be so precise. And this, you've already got the ball in the stick, so they can be sitting in their golf cart or their wheelchair mm-hmm. or whichever, and still just get down the get down the fairway and, and uh, be out there another activity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it really is. I'm super excited about that. Okay. As well. Yeah, you've done some. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know that the prototyping and uh, the design is a continual process. Um, y'all showed a um, had a was it a six foot fling stick that was featured at a tw- yeah. tournament. Uh, uh, there's a great picture of Brooks yeah. and uh, Latham uh, side by side with that stick in between. <laughs> one of my favorite pictures. <laughs> great. Absolutely, but, uh, but no, that, I mean, yeah, kudos to y'all for um, uh, for jumping in and uh, and recognizing all the different uh, elements that could benefit from uh, from this as a new sport, uh, a new way to to get people outside. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. No, we're we're excited about that. We know it's got to grow. We know we have no illusions that you know the fling stick is going to be as it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. We got a really, really good base. Um, but you look at anything, look at snowboards, mm-hmm. look at mm-hmm. tennis rackets, look at whatever. Yeah. Everything evolves, and we're just going to always be on that uh, in the lead mm-hmm. on on making that happen. And it's you know, and it's really again, it's back to the player community and the feedback we get. Um, you know about putting mm-hmm. or about this that you know, flexibility the shafts and and uh all I, that. so there's a there's a i i'd like to commend you too um or you john and, and steve because i know you'll all get this but um uh it, it's fun to see uh new members come into the community and ask questions or when i'm talking to uh to friends who haven't seen the fling stick before but i feel like you guys are incredibly patient um in getting many questions over and over again about what to do with a striker pad or or making yeah. something that's retractable or a little easier to carry, uh, things like that. Um, uh, I know that that's definitely something yeah. that, uh, you know, is, has been looked at and has continued uh, to look at. But uh, yeah, it's a, I know there, there's yeah. a, a lot that's gone into it and um, uh, probably uh, something that y'all get asked about all the time. Well, you know, and we all have the passion, right? right? right. And, and uh, we're, we're a small company doing a big <laughs> thing. <laughs> so we, 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 but, you know, again, just reiterating back to the community, the, the Facebook players group, um, that, you know, we leave a lot of it to players mm-hmm. answering the question. Um, so it's taking stuff off our shoulders, too. And, and they come up with answers we yeah. wouldn't have come up with. So it's even better, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're learning as we go too. So. When I, I think you know, I, I don't want to squelch anybody's uh, posing questions or whatnot. Is I think y'all are very much open to uh, to questions and ideas, which is again one of the other great things about uh, that you as uh, as founder um, and the others uh, in in the company, but also the community. Uh, there's always you know, there's an openness to uh, to ideas. I think going back to the the golf courses. Um, I think one of the cool opportunities for golf courses is to, you know, you know, re-envision uh, their layout um, as being uh, not, not necessarily fling specific, but being uh, a really right. ideal course um, for uh, for fling golf. I, I know that 
when I was before I got to um, uh, to American Classic and looking at their course online, I was like, so what? It, it I know uh, it felt like it was going to be too short, um, or in the sense of like it, it maybe you know it didn't have the yardage of um, or some of the other courses that folks had played. Um, but I think yeah. one of the beauties of it was that it's it's uh, it, it offers so many great challenges, long par threes that you got to. Yeah really work at to get on the green uh on your first shot yeah um, and then the par fours aren't or anything to uh to scoff at either so um i think it, it really no. it really opens it up for um where where people could play uh what kind of tournaments uh, uh could be played at and um what uh yeah what uh what others could do but well, you know as far as yeah as far as the golf course sort of design for playing golf, like, in a way where you know golf is getting so mm-hmm, long mm-hmm. Right. And it's actually hurt a lot of these sort of mid, what we'll call mid range golf mm-hmm. courses. Um, honestly, most of the golf courses right. in the country are not championship courses, right? They're a lot of our mom and pop mm-hmm. courses um, that, you know, if you've got a 200 and whatever, 300 yard par four, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are even like that. Well, that's, you can almost mm-hmm. drive that, mm-hmm. right? Most people, well, a lot of people can almost drive that with a with the technology that's there now. But the course is built in mm-hmm. 1930 or whatever, and there's no way you could have driven. Well, that's perfect, oh, for them, right? That's a, that's a, you know. And then they've also got these dog mm-hmm. legs, and to me, that's a much more interesting course. Mm-hmm. Is you know the dog leg and the and the shot placement rather than just yeah. powering it out there. I mean, it's fun to throw it as far as you can, as hard as you can too, but. It really is about that placement and uh, course strategy mm-hmm. um, when you approach the, when you approach going out there, um, and then the Reggies. I love the Reggies. <laughs> I just like. I, I hope uh, it seemed like everybody else really thought uh-huh. that was pretty I cool so. too. And, uh, I think so. I... And you know, we came up with that idea probably four or five <laughs> years ago, and and it, I think I think I was just out with my sons playing. With, I say, "Help! Oh, you know, I'll give you an extra point if you." Mm-hmm. hit the green in two here you know i say yeah oh, that's kind of cool and it, and it really from a scoring perspective mm-hmm. from a tv perspective or from a you know, audience perspective it adds a whole other mm-hmm. level of scores it right it's just a you got a reggie or oh i just oh. missed the reggie you know by an inch or it's like a it's like that it's like you get two mm-hmm. two for mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. per hole you know so um it was kind of a it's kind of a fun thing i love seeing it being played in the tournament because we were going back and forth. Do we want to make this like, you know, really as close to golf as we could or for this ESPN mm-hmm. audience? Or we want to, but we decided to throw that in there. And uh, I think it's, I think, I think it's, yeah, stay. it's a cool wrinkle. It's a, it's a unique aspect uh, to the scoring. And, and like you, like you mentioned, uh, as far as um, course management, it, it changes the calculus of what you want to do or where you want yeah. to be um, for a, uh, for certain holes, uh, or um, you know, what kind of what kind of shots you need to develop, or uh, have, um, yeah. I, I guess we can say what kind of fling shots to have in our bag. I mean, there is a great Sunday bag that we can get, but uh, <laughs> right. have in our arsenal, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the quiver. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's um, any. Oh, what. Uh, what course would you like to play uh, fling golf on that you haven't yet? Oh, wow. That's a good question. There's so many, um, you know, for, well, so I played on, yeah, Tory oh, Pond, awesome. which was really nice. 
Yeah, that was fantastic. So it's been mm -hmm. played on a bunch of a bunch of big courses. You know, I was very fortunate when I played golf to play at Augusta one time. And oh, I would love to do that, obviously. Um, you know, Pinehurst mm -hmm. and uh, that's a real possibility. I've actually played I played fling golf on the cradle at oh, Pinehurst. Nice. Which was the, the sort of their uh -huh. short uh -huh. par three course. So that was that was sort of fun. Um, but I'm dying to go out there again mm -hmm. and play on the uh, on the, on Pine Horse two yeah. or six or something. So that would be cool. But, mm -hmm. but there's so many, um, you know, just being out there and and giving the giving people the opportunity to be out on a golf course where they wouldn't have been or they were mm -hmm. and they gave mm -hmm. it up. It's really cool. I mean, surprised at how many sort of seniors we yeah, have yeah. playing. It's not something I envisioned when I started it, but a lot of guys have come up to me and said, I gave up golf 20 years ago for whatever reason, an injury or I just couldn't get good at it or you know, whatever reason. And they're back out on the course and they're 60, 70 mm -hmm. you know, years old and they're back enjoying it, uh, getting out on the golf course and, and, uh, being able to play all these different courses. So that's yeah, a pretty cool yeah. thing. Um, uh, Michael Alexiou, uh, who's a doctor in town, who we're organizing the um, tournament together. He um, he was told about this by a, I think it was a 60 year old or 60 something year old female patient of his. He was, oh, okay. he was talking, having a chat with her about something. And she said, yeah, I play golf, but I, I haven't been able to. So I've, I've had to start doing fling golf. He was like, what are you talking oh, about? Cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> that got him, uh, got him in, I think, in 2019, 2020. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it's cool how it, how it comes across uh, folks, um, whether through YouTube videos or, um, yeah. you know, those uh, personal connections or, you know, seeing that and it happens to be a uh, boyfriend of the guy, of the, the girl who's casting for Shark Tank. <laughs> Right, 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 exactly. And that was a good, yeah, lucky yeah. day. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, last question: Do you have any um, have any dream uh, celebrity endorsers? Oh, that's a good. I, I, that's I, a and good I, I, just to be fair, I'll say for the uh, for the top five uh, finishers uh, and and Brooks. You can leave them out because they're definitely there, yeah. but, um, <laughs> excluding excluding those guys. <laughs> Boy, that's a good that's a good one. Um, you know, we're always <laughs> thinking of athletes and, and uh, you know fun athletes, and, and uh, can't take it too seriously. And and you know, a lot of athletes will play golf mm -hmm. and they'll play some serious golf, and a lot of others mm -hmm. just don't. And um, and, uh, you know, someone, someone who's popped up a, a fair amount in our minds and discussions is Rob oh, Gronkowski. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, as a guy is like uh -huh. such a good guy, he, he's all about having fun. He's not going to take it seriously, but he's, a, you know, obviously mm -hmm. a phenomenal mm -hmm. athlete, right? And all his brothers as well. Um, he would be a great, he would be a great sports person. would love to see him with a fling stick in his hand, see what he could do with it. Uh, Get uh, get Austin or uh, or Ken to to give him a thirty minute tutorial and uh, and see what can happen. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'd love to see Charles Barkley uh, with one. I, I know. Yeah. yeah we've, we've he, he's had so much trouble too. with his golf swing. I, I know that. I, I think he just recently um, uh, 
missed a bit, but didn't finish as terrible as he usually did. But um, uh, oh, but right? yeah, okay. He he would, he would be. be I, I, I know he. Would be he uh, I think he had some back issues that uh, from his playing days uh, in the NBA. Um, so I don't. But I would I would bet that as competitive as he is, he would still uh, give a, a good world. So, yeah, he might try. You know, like like we were sort of talking about, he a lot of people with back issues mm-hmm. when they play golf are able to play fling golf because yeah. you don't have to be as yeah. precise. You can change your swing, mm-hmm. you know, the infinite number of swings you can use. So if something hurts, mm-hmm. you can try it a different way. So he might, you know, Sir Charles. Well, the, boy, I, so I grew up okay. in Philadelphia, so I remember the round. <laughs> I uh, I grew up in <laughs> Alabama, so I had uh, some some cousins who yeah. were in high school or just coming up into high school around the same time he was playing uh, high school ball before he went to Auburn, um, and just yeah, talking yeah. about how surprisingly athletic uh, he was, and um, uh, yeah, he was, uh, yeah. He was good. Oh, and, a, yeah. and a great personality too. So it's yeah. Really yeah, perfect. That's cool. That's cool. Well, good, Alex. I really appreciate the time. It's been uh, been fantastic talking to you, um, and uh, cannot wait to see what happens next. Yeah, on the right track. Thanks, Adam. Once again, my thanks to Alex Van Allen for being so generous with his time, his insight, and his ideas. I really think so much of the Vons and the fling golf community can be attributed to his demeanor, inclusion, and openness to everyone, and the goal of growing the sport, which I know we're all really excited about. Thanks also to our sponsor, the Virginia Fling Golf Open, hosted in Harrisonburg, Virginia, October 21 through 23. Find out find out more at flingvalley.squarespace.com. That's flingvalley.squarespace.com. The Future of the Fairway podcast is produced by Adam Copeland, recorded via the Riverside.fm platform, edited and distributed via the Anchor.fm app. Special thanks to Latham Copeland and Gwendolyn Copeland for lending their voices for mid-episode breaks. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor on this podcast or have any questions or ideas for upcoming episodes, please contact us uh, on the website at FOTF pod.com slash contact that's f-o-t-f-p-o-d dot com slash contact as always thank you for listening to the future of the fairway podcast and happy flinging to you